Who decides if God is male or female? Welcome to Answers News for Wednesday, February 15th, 2023. And hi, I'm Ken Ham, and I'm with Dr. Georgia Purdom and Brian Osborne. And today we're going to be discussing, well, the Church of England's plan to use gender-neutral terms for God. And of course, other news stories as well. But let's start with the Church of England explores gender-neutral God. Who would, yeah. have, who would have thought we'd, oh. we'd be talking about I this? I gave the new title, Church of England Explores Pagan God, right? Because they're trying to find a God other than the God of the Bible. Uh, but as you look at the article, it says they're looking to try to figure out a way to really kind of bend to the cultural whims of this age. So the Church of England will look into the use of gender-neutral terms to refer to God in prayers. And I made a little note here. Whenever someone in a church setting says, we want to look into or have a conversation about a fundamental basic biblical truth, watch out. It usually means they want to deviate from the fundamental basic biblical truth. Well, the thing is, if they want to talk about God, they should be looking at what the Bible says. That's right. And, you know, you think we live in a culture where you have these people saying, you know, we should be sensitive to using someone's preferred pronoun. Well, God says <laughs> he's a he. Yeah. A lot. Well, and they say there's a, you know, there's a variety of ways of addressing and describing God found in Scripture, and that's not always been reflected in our worship. And I'm thinking, okay, but God never refers to himself as female or in the feminine or using any feminine pronouns. That's and right. so, like Ken said, we... What, you know, they're all about using preferred pronouns. Well, let's use God's preferred pronoun, which are always masculine, always male. And of course, we understand that God is spirit ultimately, but as he reveals himself to us, it's always in the masculine pronouns. He calls himself father numerous times throughout the Bible, hundreds of times. He uses masculine pronouns hundreds of times. He's never referred to with feminine pronouns, never. Now, sometimes it's said that God gives comfort like a mother, but he's never called a mother, never called a she or a her. That's just not in the Bible. You know, um, th- th- there's a bigger picture here, too, that I want to bring up, and that is this. You know, just recently, the same Church of England, uh, they had this big discussion about whether they allow gay marriage or not. Right. And uh, they're one step closer to, you know, totally endorsing uh, marrying gays <laughs> and so on. And so what they said was they will, they will at this stage, bless a gay marriage, right. right? which is totally endorsement of it. But here's the thing. If you look at the Church of England, uh, over there in England, uh, the, the, uh, the clergymen, you'll find that most of them would believe in evolution and millions of years, reject a literal genesis. Right. And because they reject a literal genesis, there's no foundation for gender, no foundation for marriage. And you'll find... When, when people and leaders, when they take a strong stand on Genesis 1 to 11 as we do, which is the foundation for all doctrine, for our worldview, it's the foundation for everything. That's right. When you take that strong stand, then it's more likely they're going to have a strong, strong stand on everything else in Scripture. But once they give up Genesis 1 to 11, it's like a domino effect. Ultimately, you'll find dominoes falling all over the place. And that's what we're seeing happening because that, this is where the erosion started. So it comes back to the authority of Scripture. This is just a symptom of, of, a, of a, a big problem in regard to undermining the authority of Scripture beginning in Genesis. That's right. And they're saying, you know, that the church is trying to keep up with rapidly yeah. evolving notions around gender and sexuality. And I'm like, no, that's not what the church is supposed to do, right? The church has God's word. So it's supposed to be challenging the culture, not the culture influencing and challenging the church. Well, we're seeing that in America and in, in many churches where they're becoming soft on LGBT. And what we hear all the time is, yeah, but we've got to keep up where the culture is. 
we, we need to be keeping up with where God's word is and then challenging the culture. We need to judge people's worldview against the absolute authority of the word of God, not change God's word to fit in with the culture. Yeah. And it's interesting, interesting. So many people say they want to, as you said, Ken, to really reach this culture. And they say they want to reach the culture by compromising God's word or toning it down a bit, not teaching full biblical truth. But that never works. If you want to impact this culture for Christ, what do you got to do? You got to stand on God's word and engage the culture by standing on God's word in truth and in love. And as you do so, it will be amazing what God does through you, but you have to stand on his word. And again, the answer's in Genesis. By the way, it's a good name for our ministry, the answer's in Genesis, because the answers are always in Genesis. That's (laughs) never going to change, because Genesis 1 to 11 is the foundation for everything. But if you think about it, when the devil tempted Eve and Adam, it was, did God really say, right. right? And you can be as God. And we know that we sinned in Adam. Our sin nature is reflected in that very temptation. In other words, we would rather trust the word of man than the word of God. We want to be our own God and determine right. truth for ourselves. Now we're seeing it exhibited in the church here. Yeah. So it, 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 there's nothing new under the sun. Isn't there a Bible verse that says that something? <laughs> I think so. Yes, there is. All right. Our next article, First Baptist Church Faces Backlash on Biblical Sexuality Pledge for Congress for congregants, not Congress, <laughs> congregants. So this is the First Baptist Church of Jacksonville in Florida. And so they, um, last year actually, had a statement on biblical sexuality, um, which says that God created um, man and woman in his image, um, that it's a fixed matter of human biology. It's not a choice that people have and that marriage is between one man and one woman. And it's very similar um, to a lot of the information that we have in our own statement of faith here at Answers in Genesis. That's and right. they said, hey, if you want to be a member, of our church, you have to be able to sign this pledge. Well, the news media got a hold of that. Imagine that. Yeah, imagine that. And totally was, you know, obviously making this big deal about it, how the church is excluding people and the church doesn't want certain people to come. And, you know, this is really bad. And so then they ended up having an open mic forum, basically, where the pastor would respond to questions. Anybody from the community could come in and talk about, talk to him and ask questions to the church about their, their statement. Yeah. And, Go ahead. And but you, you know what's interesting though, the the mainstream church is held to the beliefs based on scripture, and it's as if today the media is coming in and saying, "Oh, it's a it's a massive shock." Do you realize what these people believe? They actually believe that marriage is only a man and a woman, and you've got to adhere to that as a Christian. Oh, this is terrible. This, I mean, this is this is where it's Christianity only what Christians has believed since the church began two thousand years ago. I, they're right? making out that this is something new and shocking in the church. It just shows you how much the culture has changed. Yeah. Well, and as you mentioned, they had the open mic night, and this one lady, her name I think is Katie, uh, a queer woman. So it doesn't tell if they're actually a biologically male or female, but Katie, a queer woman, came up and said, "I heard about this. She doesn't go to the church at all." And she said, "I encourage all of you guys to leave because she hates what the church is doing." And she said this. The decision to have your members sign any form of a contract to attend turns your church into an organization, a club. Well, technically, yes, because yes. the church is an organization of particular people who agree to a particular set of values as revealed in God's special revelation, his word. She says, this church is no longer a religious place of worship. Welcome to all. Well, it's a half-truth. It's welcome to anyone who repents and puts their faith in Christ. They want to follow after Christ. If you want to go to church, you're to be a Christian. A Christian is a christ follower. How do we follow Christ? What he says in his word. We're to follow that. And if you are going to church and you're a member and you don't follow that, there's something called church discipline. So if you're going to go to church, you should be a Christian to be a member. 
But it's a half-truth because anyone could come to the church. They're all welcome to come. They all just can't all be members if they won't submit to the Lordship of Christ. You know, if you take Answers in Genesis as a Christian organization, we have a very strict statement of faith. You can go online and see it. It's very public. It's on our AnswersInGenesis.org website. Very, very detailed. I encourage churches to have a detailed statement like that because it's to stop mission drift and and, uh, stop the wrong sort of people being... Uh, in you know influencing the organization right. but here's the thing to at the ark and the creation museum it's true all those who work for us have to agree to our statement of faith because we want christians working for us they've got to participate in in even bible studies and other sorts of things that's that, our that identity we, we as do. a christian that's our, ministry that's our identity but we welcome everyone and that's the point. I'll never, never forget when, I think it was a CNN reporter, was interviewing me when the ark was open. She said, now, is, are you going to allow Catholics to come in here? And I said, <laughs> absolutely. She said, what about Muslims? I said, of course. And what about gays? I said, look, we want 8 billion people to come. Isn't that how many people on earth right now? We, we want everyone to come because right. we want them to all hear this message. Although we do have statements, as you'll see at the Creation Museum and the Ark, about expected behaviour for everyone That's right. Right, uh, to, to make sure that everyone can have a, a good time and, and be able to take in what they uh, have come to see and so on. But the point is, you will see, I've, I've been to the Ark uh, when I've seen uh, Muslims and Buddhists and Sikhs and Orthodox Jews right. and, uh, you know, all sorts of different people, Amish and Mennonite, even Baptists, you know, they even come, you know, <laughs> sometimes Presbyterians. I mean, you know, uh, that's the point, though. We and want to impact everyone. We want people to come, you know, with the church, it's come as you are, but don't stay as you are, right? right. The, the gospel is supposed to be transforming. And the pastor of this church, you know, talked about the gospel. It, and, and one of the things too, I think he brought out that I think was really important was just because we disagree with someone doesn't mean yeah. we hate them, right? That, that's what's happened to our culture. There's no civil discourse anymore, right? If you disagree with me, you obviously hate me. And what he was trying to say was, we don't hate you. We, they love people enough to say what you are doing is sin, Right? right, And we want to see you saved from that sin by the Lord Jesus Christ. That is the most loving thing that that church can do. And that's what they're doing. Well, well really you know, we, we stand on marriage being a man and a woman, that's two right. genders of humans, God made male and female. And we get accused of hate speech. We get accused of hating people. And yet we welcome everybody to the Ark and the Creation Museum. And, and, and you're right. These days, when you take a stand on the absolute authority of the word of God, those that don't accuse us of hate speech. They accuse us of being intolerant. And they're the ones that actually, when you read what they say, they are so hateful against us. And they are so intolerant of us. You should get on my Twitter. The cesspool of the universe is Twitter. <laughs> and see some of the hate speech on there because I stand for God's word. But we so encourage you, check out our statement of faith. It's really strong. It's really well written. And it's really guarded. And it's filled with... Bible verses all the way through. And maybe if you're in a ministry or church, maybe something you might apply to some degree where you're at because it's also a good guard against the attacks of this age. Hey, you know what? I think it would even make a good series of devotions in a home Absolutely. to go through our statement of faith because it's all referenced with Bible verses and so on, or even as a study for a couple. You go through our statement of faith. It's got an incredible amount of yeah. teaching. You just made a new devotional for the ministry. I think we yeah. could do that, our statement of faith, okay. a new devotional. Get writing yeah. it. All right. <laughs> Bold plan to dim the sun by blasting moon dust into space could help cool Earth. Now, sometimes when you read titles of, of news articles like this, you just think, 
Okay, like I never thought I'd read something like this, but yet here we are because, you know, because the of going insane. climate change, right? And, and they talk about how, well, yeah, we're producing all these greenhouse gases, and so we need to somehow, you know, the, we're running away with the temperature, and, and it's going to be terrible, so we got to figure out a way to make it stop. And so rather than maybe, while we need to reduce emissions, they would say, another way might be to reflect the sun's light and the sun's heat to us in order to cool the earth. By in other words, moon dust. In other words, because of what they call climate change, which is really mm. a religion, the climate change movement today is an anti-God religion that worships man and believes man can save himself and save the planet. That's what, that's what it's all about. It's a very oh, yeah. man-centered uh, religion. So, but they say we want to stop climate change by causing massive climate change. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> More or less. And like for me, when I read the title, Bold Plan to Dim the Sun by Blasting Moon Dust into Space, my thought was, what could go wrong, <laughs> right? Sounds like the intro to an apocalyptic-type movie, right? Apocalypse mm-hmm. movie, something where the earth gets destroyed because there are unintended consequences, and it all Remember, apart. Genesis 8.22, after the flood, God promised Noah and for, for us, and that is, while the earth remains, seed time and harvest, summer and winter, That's day right. and night, will not cease. In other words, man's not going to destroy the earth. Right. It's not going to happen. But we are to use the earth for man's good and... For God's glory. Um, and if you think about people like Al Gore, you know, at the World Economic Forum mm-hmm. just recently, John Kerry, for instance, was there, and he was saying an elite group of people are going to save the planet. Yep. See, see, that's that religion, By this elite group. flying around on their private jet planes. Yeah, flying over in private jet planes and so on. Um, but think about Al Gore and all the prophecies he's made about, you know, about... Uh, uh, the flooding that's going to occur and the continents being flooded and cities flooded. Well, if you how, need to torture how, yourself, go back and watch that documentary. How many, how many of his prophecies came true? I don't think well, any of them. I don't well, know. I that's really the problem them. is yeah. they even talk about carbon dioxide here and, you know, all, all these emissions and we're increasing CO2. But the major greenhouse gas is water vapor, yep. actually. It's not carbon dioxide, number one. And number two, a lot of their scenarios of how the temperature is going to increase, they haven't even come true. They're just not coming true. Over and over right. again, when they release these reports, we see, oh, it's not as bad as we thought, but we still need to do this. You know, we still need to make extreme, you know, do these extreme things to make sure it doesn't happen. And I don't know how much more extreme you get than this in some ways. I mean, this is pretty drastic. And, and, you know, it's interesting. These days, anytime there's anything that happens, one of they didn't blame that earthquake over in uh, Turkey on climate change, <laughs> but they seem to blame anything on climate change these days. And, you know, we've actually had less hurricanes than in the past mm-hmm. right now, less tornadoes. Then it, there were more tornadoes in the 70s than, yeah. than today. And, yeah. you know, they say things like, but these people are all flooded. They weren't flooded years ago. Well, they didn't live there years ago. Right. Right? And there's more people today. And, but, by the way, we do believe in climate change because Noah's flood caused massive climate change and it generated an ice age that caused climate change. So there's been climate change ever since the flood, actually. Yeah, exactly, exactly. All right, Ted Cruz blasts shocking Satan-themed performance at Grammys. This is evil. So probably many of you have heard of this by now. Um, a performance that just was outright satanic, outright um, worshiping Satan um, and demon. There were like people that acted as demons in it, and it is outright evil. Um, yeah. it, it's amazing when it's not subtle anymore. It's absolutely blatant. This worship of Satan and this worship of evil. So here you have at the Grammys, these people that were, well, this person, um, that's a man, 
and yep. says he's non-binary. His name who, is Sam Smith. Who dressed as the devil. Mm. And another person who's transgender, a man Correct. who's transgender, who was dancing in a, in, a, in a skirt or whatever. And then you had these in others dressed as demons. Mm. And so they have this program at the Grammys and people think it's wonderful. And there was, they were performing the song Unholy. As you might imagine, the whole thing was unholy. It was anti-God. And bear in mind a couple of things here for Kim Petrus, originally Tim Petrus. Um, that person, that man went through that so-called transgender surgery at the age of 16. So performed on a minor, and this I think was over in Germany, by the way, uh, but biological male. And really this is, to me, as you watch, if you saw it at all, saw clips of it, it reminds you of Romans chapter 1. Right? It really is a suppression of truth, a rejection of God's truth. In Romans 1, verses 28 through 32, a couple of clips here. It says, God gave them up to a debased mind to do what ought not to be done. And it says, they are gossip, gossips, slanderers, haters of God, insolent, haughty, boastful, inventors of evil. And that's really yeah. what this is. It's inventing new ways to do evil, to try to shock people, really because they're trying to suppress the truth of God and his word. And you know, it's interesting when you read Romans 1, actually it's fascinating because Romans 1, you can apply that to our culture today. Even as we talked about before the climate change religion, I mean, worship the creature rather than the creator, right. mm-hmm. uh, which is there in Romans 1, and a sign that God is doing, turning a culture over there to their depraved natures. The heart of man is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. Remember, Jeremiah 17 9 is a sign of homosexual perversion, and so on, as it lists there in Romans 1. We're seeing Romans 1 happening right before our very eyes. It's what, what happens when people abandon God and worship man and worship the creature uh, rather than the creator. And it just shows that how people really want to do away with the Judeo-Christian values that this country was founded on, you know, and that are still very prevalent among the culture today. They want to totally erase those. They want to abolish those. They want to say those are bad um, in order to have this, you know, we talk a lot about, you've heard of cultural Marxism and those ideas in order to overthrow all of that and set up and totally set things up completely differently um, in order to favor themselves and favor their own ideas. And so we just, we see things like this in a very blatant way sometimes and you know i on my social media you know facebook twitter and so on one of the verses that comes up over and over again that people are posting is that verse from isaiah isaiah (laughs) uh and that is woe to those who call evil good and good evil and you know i mean as a kid i remember reading that verse but you didn't really understand what it meant until today you're starting to really see what it means they call what's good evil and what's evil good i mean that's what we're seeing now, I wanted to point this out, too. One person commentated on the performance and said, they're saying, don't fight the culture wars, they say. Meanwhile, demons are teaching your kids to worship Satan. I could throw up. And, which is a good comment. And some will say, but, you know, they're just performing. They're not literally teaching people to worship demons. And we don't know if they believe in Satan as a real being or not. Whether they do or not doesn't matter because what they are teaching people to do, at the very least, is worship the, ideolo- the ideology of Satan. What is the ideology of Satan? You can be your own God. God. Autonomy. You can be your king. You go to Genesis chapter 3. Did God really say? No, you become, you can become as your own God. Do as you want. You can be your own king, your own authority. Autonomy is yours for the taking. If you just grab it. It's the same lie. Again, nothing new under the sun. Hey, you know, I was just thinking, giving commentary like this on these news articles, if, if CNN happens to hear this, they'll want us on there. <laughs> Don't you think? I'm sure they will. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> 
All right, our next article, Disney slammed for anti-white propaganda in new The Proud Family reboot. So this is a reboot of a show on Disney called The Proud Family. And um, some of the young people in this cartoon decided to do a, it's not a talent show, but just kind of a uh, presentation on um, racism in their country as they perceive it and as they understand it. And so they're going to do kind of a, a rap or kind of a, a song. I don't know what you exactly call it. but um, And so I think, Ken, you're going to play it for us. Yeah, we've got the video here, and it's part of this cartoon uh, program that's Prepare on yourselves. Disney+. Plus. <clears throat> I wanted to ask if anyone in the audience gets Disney+, Plus because you can repent right now, actually, <laughs> and get Answers.tv, which is our own streaming pro- program, which has thousands of programs on there, a little ad for Answers.tv, yep. and uh, family-friendly and God-honoring and wholesome, and, I, and it's, we're going to add a lot more uh, things to it. But, uh, Brian, do you want to... Yeah, you're our, you're our CRT, How critical much race theory expert. <laughs> Did you want to give a little prelim on this so people can be looking at it, and then I'll show the video? Well, just understand, it's rooted in critical race theory, which is a Marxist ideology, which is an anti-God, anti-Bible ideology from the word go. And so that's where it's rooted. What you have here is a way to present these ideas in a way that seems palatable and to engaging children. to kids. Right. And bear in mind, Disney's not neutral. They're trying to convert your kids to a particular worldview. And let me warn you, it's not biblical. They're not your friend. That's one of the reasons why Disney is losing a lot of support, actually. That's right. In fact, they've lost two million subscribers of their streaming platform. And more and more 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 families are saying, we don't want to go to Disney and support them. We want to come to the Ark and creation. This shows you they're they're trying to cater to a vocal minority. The vast majority of people don't want this. I mean, they don't. And it's good to see Disney suffering for this um, because they need to. (laughs) <laughs> so in our, in, our live audience, really in our live audience here at the Creation Museum, how many of you have actually seen this video from this cartoon series? There's one or two of you. That's all. Prepare well, yourselves. Okay. That's Prepare good. to see what Disney is trying to do to your kids. This country was built on slavery, which means slaves built this country. Till this land from sea to sea to sea. First it was rice, tobacco, sugar cane. Then Whitney did his thing and cotton became king. And we were its soldiers. Four, Four million So if you've not yet canceled your Disney Plus subscription, now is a great time to do so. 
Uh, it's funny, I posted that video on my Facebook page with a warning that's filled with CRT and it's from Disney, they're pushing this agenda. And someone gave me a comment and they said, well, I called it all a lie basically. And they said, well, where's the lie, Snowflake? Called me Snowflake, thought that was very nice of them. And I responded pretty much the entire video as per CRT. It's filled with misinformation, the rewriting of history by hijacking and twisting a few historical facts. Bigger concerns are the unbiblical ideas of generational guilt. You're, guilt by your, you're guilty by your skin shade. According to critical race theory, if you have a light skin shade, which we call white, you're an oppressor by definition. Therefore, you are guilty and part of the problem. If you have a dark skin shade, well, you're innocent by definition. You deserve reparations because of the suffering that your ancestors may or may not went through just based on the shade of your skin. So you're identified by a group. It demands covetous theft. It's also a false anti-gospel solution to actual real racial reconciliation. Those are just a few of the problems with this horrible video. So, you know, Brian, you, you do a whole talk on critical race theory. Yeah. And I, when I talk on it, I, uh, I sum it up in like 30 <laughs> seconds. I say to people, is the foundation of critical race theory God's word or man's word? Well, it's man's word. It's not yes. God's word. So the worldview is wrong. And it, what's an example of the worldview being wrong? Well, it's interesting. Critical race theory... Uh, teaches people to judge people according to their outside. That's right. Whereas the Bible makes it very clear where it's our inside that's important and we should judge our inside, who we are, what we believe. Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. Judge that against the absolute authority of the word of God. So it's, it's opposite in every way to Christianity. And that's what people yep. need to see. It is a worldview. That is what I get kind of frustrated with. Yep. Some churches have said, well, you know, we can use aspects of it or we can use it as a tool to assess racism. No, you can't. Stop. You need to use the Bible as a basis for understanding the issue of race and why and the Bible talks about not showing partiality. That's why we shouldn't, can't have and shouldn't have racism. That's what we need to start with, not a completely man-made tool, quote-unquote, right. or man-made worldview to look at these things. And, you know, there's been lots of injustices in the past. That's right. But who can go back and look at every injustice that's ever been done? You know, when you think about it, the greatest injustice of all was when we committed high treason against the God of creation, right? Can we pay reparations to God for that injustice? The answer is no, he did it for us That's on right. the cross and paid it for us. And then he tells us, forgive others as I forgive you. In other words, Christianity, we're, we're about forgiveness because God's about forgiveness, about forgiving our sin and we should show forgiveness to others what critical race theory is the opposite of that it's holding grudges against people and, and yeah. biblically we're supposed to seek justice within biblical grounds right. and biblical means and who defines what justice is God does what things are just things in line with God his nature and his truth what things are unjust things not in line with God's nature his word and his truth he's the standard for that and as we do seek justice we do so within biblical means going towards biblical goals with the bigger overarching narrative that's all about the ultimate justice provided in Christ. You know we're running out of time because you talk too much. <laughs> oh, whatever. We got it. All right. Unicorn-like blind fish discovered in dark waters deep in a Chinese cave. All right. So this is a... This is your article, right? I well, I like these things. <laughs> it so is cool. These are a form of blind cave fish, a certain species of them. And um, they found this one. It's in a very small pool of water very in a, in a dark cave in China. And you can see a picture of it here. It has a very pronounced horn. Now, some of these um, members of this species do have horns, but none of them have just this singular horn like this that is so large. Um, and so they're kind of trying to figure out basically 
why it has that, maybe what function it serves. I think it probably does serve a function. We just don't know what it is. But blind cave fish are often used as an example, supposedly, of evolution. Right? We can so, exhibit here, right? Right. We have blind uh, Mexican tetras here, um, so it's a different species. But it's the same idea. They're blind cave fish, and they would say, oh, well, because look, they've lost their eyes. They've lost their pigment. So that's evolution. They've evolved to basically be able to live in a cave-like environment. But how is losing things an example of evolution, right? For evolution to occur, you need to gain things. That's right. You need to gain structures and functions. But wait, wait, they give it a really cool title, regressive evolution. Yeah. It sounds so official as you well, lose stuff all to gain regressive. it all. <laughs> all right, yeah. Because that's just what happens to organisms. And, and, and it, I don't know with these, this particular species, but we know with the Mexican tetras, they actually have a genetic variation that appears to have been designed there by God that only shows itself when it's in a certain environment, which is really, really cool, yep. right? And because and why a blind a cave fish doesn't need eyes because it's not going to be able to use them. So why put energy into that, That's put right. energy into other things that the organism needs? So we see God's beautiful design in this, not, not to look at it as something that's losing something, but just a variation in different environments. And that's, Maybe that horn in the front because it's, because it doesn't see, is more of a sensor for picking up, you know, signals and something. Maybe it's a right. bumper. If you run in something, hit the horn first and you're okay. <laughs> I don't know. It's, it's uh, now I don't seems think to that's going to work. It snouts <laughs> a little too long. There, so. but, but anyways, it's a cool variety in, in, in yeah. fish that God has created um, that we see. And so um, it'll be interesting to see what they but see, what they figure even out. Even though there can be great I variation with, within these fish, mm-hmm. and you can have those that... You know, don't see and, and all the rest of it, but right. those fish remain those fish. They, yeah, do. Right? they don't become anything else. That's yeah. it. They're sighted versions of these two, so that's what's cool. Is some of them have eyes, some of them don't, but it's just a variation in the kind that but God the, created. But the the kind stays the right. same. Right. Right. Okay, so we want to talk about a couple of resources here. So we talked a little bit about um, demon worship and Satan. And um, we have a great book by Bodie Hodge called The Fall of Satan. So if you want to learn all your most asked questions, so to speak, about Satan um, in this book and the fall, it's a really, really good book. Um, Glass House, Shattering the Myth of Evolution. So we just talked about one of the common icons of evolution um, with the blind cave fish. And there's many, many others that are talked about, like the apes to humans and, you know, whales that develop from some sort of land creature. Homology. Yeah. All different kinds of things are um, covered in this book. And then the gender and marriage war. So we talked a lot about gender issues, transgender, sexuality. Um, We go through a lot of these in very short order in this book and just talk about some really good biblical as well as scientific answers that you can give people. And I'll just mention real quickly, uh, the Answers for Women conference this year was sold out months ago, actually. We got like a thousand on the waiting list. But we're streaming it live. We are. And so Dr. Georgia Purdom runs that conference, and it's very unique. It's got great teaching. It's not usual fluff and stuff, experiential sort of things. This is great teaching. So uh, if you want to be at the women's conference, you can do that from your own home and... Look and we've got a lot of, we even have an online hostess this year. So she'll be bringing some special things during the breaks that the live <laughs> audience won't get to Very see. Good. So. And so you could even get a, a group of women in your church yep. or your home and decide we're gonna, you're going to go to the conference there. And uh, it, it's specially designed for that, for that live stream yep. uh, conference. So, with that. Okay. And then did you want to talk about duct tape? 
Uh, well, we can do, yep, yeah, real quickly. <laughs> uh, we do a lot of different programs throughout the year. Uh, you know, our, our Dia Latino, for instance, for all the people who speak Spanish and so on. And we have deaf days. We have special ASL translators that are there and uh, help uh, those that uh, are deaf to be able to experience the ARC and Creation Museum in very special ways. And that's coming up April 21 to 23. But we have lots of other uh, conferences and programs throughout the year. So go to thearcencounter.com right. uh, or creationmuseum.org website and... Uh, Make sure you continue to watch Answers News. You can watch it live on YouTube. Yep. That's it. All right. So we'll That's see all you time back. I got. Yep, we'll see you back next week. See you guys.